This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pauze, and this is a fat-friendly space. Welcome to a special compilation episode of Friend of Maryland. Instead of a brand new show this week, what you're going to get are some highlights from some of the best interviews that have been done here at Friend of Maryland over the last couple of years. Enjoy. Joining me today is Lindley Ashline, a photographer, writer, and activist who advocates for body liberation and celebrates the unique beauty of bodies that fall outside conventional beauty standards. Lindley, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know. Well, I mean... And I feel like I've known you for a really long time, but this is the first time I'm ever actually getting to chat with you, which is nice. Yeah. I was an early subscriber to the Body Love Box. Yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, it ran for a year and a half, and it was a monthly subscription box that, that I put together that was all uh, fat positive and some body positive and some educational uh, artwork and products and goods, and it was so much fun. Um, and I, I eventually discovered that as much as I love doing it, um, uh, I wasn't able to do it sustainably in a way where everyone involved was making a living wage um, so that so that everyone was getting a fair wage out of it and still have it financially accessible to the people who were subscribing. Which is uh, so amazing closed, to like yeah, so have all that of out. those things line up in the same space at the same time yeah. and in the same world. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was it was such a cool experiment, and I'm gonna be bringing I'm gonna be bringing the concept back uh, pretty soon at, with some themed boxes. Um, I'm gonna have some holiday boxes and some birthday boxes and things where you can just go buy them on the website individually. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that actually, because I was really sad when the Body Love Box, the monthly subscription, um, stopped. Uh, I really enjoyed the opportunity to support other fat creators. Um, that's something that brings me a lot of joy, uh, that I also actually, you know, uh, I don't, this might be the Catholic in me, like the belief in needing to tithe. Um, and so I choose to do that through financially supporting members of the fat community, like, you know, GoFundMes and Patreons and, you know, anything I can, that comes in front of my face. I'm like, oh, yep, gotta, gotta give that fatty some money. Um, <laughs> but I also really enjoyed, um, you know, in every box, there would be things that I would kind of keep for myself, but then things that I knew other people would get a lot of joy out of. And so, you know, it was really kind of a lovely thing because every month it was like gift for me and a few little gifts for some friends or some friends' kids. And uh, it's just really, really lovely. You're still doing something. You're still creating 
though, like a, a weekly newsletter now, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of different projects. Uh, right. I'm a writer. <laughs> no, that is true. Um, Your photography. There's so many things. Yeah, so many things. What do you I'm sleep? a really short attention span. <laughs> so it works out really well. Um, because if I get, if I temporarily get bored with, with working on my shop, I can go create some stock photos. And if I get create, bored with stock photos, I can go in non-COVID-19 times. I can go take some, some client photos or, you know, so many different things. Uh, but one thing that has been consistent for me for just over a year uh, is a weekly newsletter I've been producing called the Body Liberation Guide. And, and that has been a, so such a transformative project. Um, I think both for me and for a lot of the people who subscribe, uh, because uh, at the time that I started it, I had uh, two or 300 people on a mailing list from you know all my previous endeavors. Um, and after a year, I have a little over 3000 and those people come in from all over the place. They may come in, um, and they come in from, from all over the place geographically and all over the place on the internet, but also all over the place on, uh, their own journeys (laughs) in body image and fat acceptance. And the newsletter is pretty radical. And so people come in, they may have encountered me in a relatively non-radical context, Say they found, um, like I offer some free things on my website. Maybe they downloaded some stock photos uh, of people in large bodies um, and they end up on the mailing list. And uh, this may or may not be what they're looking for because it is pretty radical. So maybe they just wanted a stock photo for their business. And suddenly they're hearing about, uh, about really radical fat activism concepts and my digging deep on whatever topic I've chosen for the week. And some people cannot hit that unsubscribe button fast enough. And some people are like, this is, this is my jam. And I, and they stick around and they, they respond. Um, I get so many responses to these because I'm generally talking about either things that people haven't considered before or something that, something that, you know, is there, they're like, oh, I'm suddenly really interested in this. And so the level of engagement people have is really cool because I'm just, I'm just digging deep into whatever topic and it's almost always fat acceptance related, but I'm digging into power. I'm digging into politics. I'm digging into, uh, you know, body image. I'm digging into all these things from a fat lens. And it's so cool to watch people come along with me. Doing something like that on a really regular basis would definitely mean that it's one of like the dominant things in your world. Like, and I say that with confidence because I have a weekly <laughs> positive radio show <laughs> that is a dominant thing in my world. Um, you know, have you found that it's kind of changed the way that you think about the liberation work that we're all engaged in or um, your own kind of relationship with your own body? Oh yeah, it's it's been absolutely. You know, I think I used the word transformative a minute ago, and it has been because when you make that kind of commitment, and my my commitment that I made to myself was that I was going to do this for a year, and then I would see if I wanted to keep doing it because I knew yeah, kind of reassess, yeah, see if yeah, it was to, sustainable to, to produce, yeah, yeah, to produce something substantive every week, not just oh, here's a repost of an Instagram post, <laughs> you know, here's here's the text from an Instagram post, but actually something substantive. And, and it does, it has kind of taken over my life in a good way because it means that the wheels are always spinning now. The wheels are always turning. Like, what am I going to talk about this week? 
Um, and I'll be honest, a lot of it is somebody, somebody said something on the internet this week that I disagreed with. <laughs> and so, so it'll be my response to that would be the core of that or, or something I saw in the news. I don't do a lot of current events because I don't, I don't want to be the person who takes in whatever tragic fat phobic thing is happening in the news this week in response to it. There are other people who do that brilliantly. I'm not. Yeah. And that's exhausting to try to do that. Like week after day, week after week. Like I think a lot of people don't kind of really appreciate how, how easy it is to burn out. If that's kind of the mire that you're in all the time, like the negative stuff and the hard stuff and the oppressive stuff. And like, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not as interested in like current event responses as I am. Although, although, like I said, occasionally that will be an inspiration, but, but I'll just, I'll, it'll just be something that I want to dig into that week. And I look at a lot of things through a, a lens of power. Who has the power in this situation? Uh, when, as a fat person going to the doctor, who holds the power? Who, you know, who makes the decisions? Why is that? Why, why is this power differential the way it is? Um, I talk about, talk about a lot of these things that that it forces me to examine and so I have grown so much and I can speak so much more confidently now both about uh, about my opinions on things but about uh, about the topics themselves Uh, because I feel like I'm uncovering new things every week and is the coolest feeling so, so it's just having that commitment. Yeah, it, it takes over, takes over your brain. Um, and some, some weeks that's exhausting. And every once in a while, I'll do a repost. <laughs> you know, I'll be, a, the, the, you know, uh, not as many people open to this one. Well, now you get to see it again. So more people get to see it. Um, but in general, almost every week, I have something important to say, which I never thought would be me. I never thought that I would be any kind of leader in the fat acceptance movement, I didn't think I had anything new to say. And now every week, every Friday, I sit down and I go, I've got something to say and you get to hear it <laughs> very vehemently. <laughs> you know, which which I think is really great because I don't, I mean, personally for me, like I don't, I don't think the fat liberation movement needs leaders. Like I don't want us to have leaders. Like that isn't a, a useful, you know, kind of way of thinking about kind of social structures from my personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am so excited the more fat people that are becoming really active in their own corner of fat liberation. Um, you know, every new podcast that gets started, every new Instagram account that goes up, every new newsletter, every whatever it is, gets me just so excited for more and more fat voices to be coming into this conversation in whether it's a voice that lots of people are hearing or that only one or two other people are hearing because what we're doing is we're building a fat epistemology we are building a a work of knowledge that has been created by fat people about fat people for fat people and that's so incredibly valuable in in the liberation work uh work that we're doing and i appreciate you mentioning that you know sometimes you just have to kind of rerun one because one of the other questions that I would have for you is about how you make it sustainable. Um, Because I think that that is something that a lot of activists struggle with is how to, you know, stick with, you know, how do you make something that's sustainable so you can keep going on with it 
long term, that it isn't something that's kind of short lived or where you burn out really quickly. So I wasn't sure if you had other kind of tips that you might be happy to share with those listening about ways that you've made it sustainable for you. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, Really quickly, I want to touch back on the leadership thing. That was so interesting because I don't know that leader is the right word here. Yeah, because I think I think if I wanted to be a leader, I would be saying this is the direction we have to go. This is the direction we you know, this is what we need to focus on. And I think I think I'm not looking at that so much as being loud and active in a way that other people are attracted to, if that makes sense. Um, Being prolific in the community in a way that's useful to to other people. Uh, But yeah. I have um, I have burnout many many times in my in my life and burnout hard. Um, I live with an anxiety disorder, so I am more prone to it I think than than maybe some other folks. Um, and I am starting to look at it with a resource lens now. The reason that I can produce an Instagram post every day, and the reason that I can do this newsletter every single week, is that I have time. I have the resource of time. I have the resource of um, brain cycles. Um, I don't have a full-time job. I don't have children. Um, I'm not caring for an elderly family member. I don't have uh, a lot of the major life commitments that might stop me from doing that. And so if I am at a point where I don't have the resources, then I have to reevaluate that and say, maybe I'll do every two weeks. And so, so I'm very much looking at things through a resource lens these days. Like what can I accomplish with the resources that I have uh, and sometimes that means rerunning. Sometimes that means taking an Instagram post and fleshing it out a little bit more and letting that be good enough. Um, and it, you know, sometimes it means digging back in to a, an instant messenger conversation and building something out of that. It, or it means going back to my writing scratch pad where I keep all my notes. Like, and, and sometimes it's just acknowledging you're not going to be a genius every every week. You're not going to be a genius on Instagram every day. Sometimes you're going to be, you know, here's a rerun, deal with it. <laughs> And that's fine because the more, the more you, the more you admit that you're human, the more you give other people permission. Yeah, no, I, I think that's hundred percent right. And I do think that, um, I think those are all really good tips. Uh, and I also like, I appreciate you kind of acknowledging the place of privilege that you're working from, um, because that, that does have a huge part to do with it. Uh, and it's actually, it's, it's similar privileges that I, kind of share as well. So I, I'm, I don't have a partner, I don't have children. Um, and, you know, that means that there is more, not just time, but also more like emotional and mental yeah. kind of headspace and energy uh, to, to focus on something like producing a, a weekly show uh, or a weekly newsletter. Um, Lindley, how can people who are listening who aren't currently uh, getting your newsletter, uh, how can they go about signing up to do so? You can find that. Uh, on my website with all my other activities at either bodyliberationphotos.com or bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash body liberation guide. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been such a treat to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me so much. Joining me today is Max, a queer fat activist who is a somatic practitioner and therapist in training. Max, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Hi, Kat. I'm so happy to be here. I'm very excited. 
Well, um, just so the listeners are aware, um, Max is one of my most favorite people. Um, <laughs> we had the opportunity to spend some time together when I was on my sabbatical in Germany a few years ago. Um, so I'm very excited to finally have a really good reason to get you on my show. <laughs> Not that I need a reason, right? It's my damn show. I can do what I want. Yes, just put all your favorite people in there all the time. It's the best. Yeah, your your favorite funny. people are amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I got to tell you that there are some amazing rad fatties around the world. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, it's just incredible. Um, so, Max, for the people listening, and actually, honestly, a bit for my own, you know, better understanding, talk to me about what Somatics is. Um. I run um, somatic empowerment workshops for um, fat, most times queer, but definitely fat people. And for me, somatics is a new way to um, attack um, social justice issues like um, um, phobia or whatever. You, you, you name it, and it's a, it's a body-based, sensing-based way to reframe, to integrate and transform the tracks power um, dynamics can leave in your body and by um, working on it collectively in a group, I do group settings, um, we can rewrite rewrite um, the history um, that is written in our bodies. Um, it has like most times has like three different steps. The first thing is reframing. And I center fat in um, fat as a cell, fat as a tissue, and fat as an organ. Because most times, like when um, when it comes to fat activism, you you use like imagery of fat bodies to like that are like, contradicting fat narratives, which is I love that. But my the way I do it is a little different. I try to go into the fat tissue itself, the fat cells itself, and look how it's um, contribution to health are contradicting um, fat narratives and to se- to see its beauty, to see its, tra- its transformativity, to see how it's adaptable, how it's supporting you, how in fact it's like enhancing um, movement and not hindering it um, to be confronted with all these material I create. Um, often already has a big impact on the people coming to my workshops. This With these new ideas of fat tissue, of this very somatic, like, in the tissue <laughs> knowledge, we um, go into, like, sensing experiment where we try to integrate this and come from the mental, emotional level into a body level. And the last step then is, like, to transform these tracks by, for example, doing stuff that fat bodies are not supposed to, like sensing into how does it feel to jiggle my body, how is like belly breathing, um, how does this work for me, where can, where, where, where are stops, um, that stops by be- belly breathing that comes from fat socialization. Because like um, very often fat have very um, fat people have dense fascia that makes it hard to breathe in because they have a history of sucking in their belly, and these like for me like twenty 
years of sucking in my belly changed the fascia system around it and it was like very hard to belly breathe again and yeah sometimes it touches very like there's a lot of emotions coming up coming through the body up when you get um fine like if there's a moment like your tissue releases and you breathe in in a different way and the tears are coming down and these are like the magic moments for me that come up in this work. Yeah, I'm, I'm tearing up already. <laughs> these are like to have these things that are like so like privatized in a safer fat space, like where everybody's process is um, contribute, contributing to the process of other fat bodies in the same space. This is like hands down magic. And makes me so happy to yeah be able to do this work. I mean, I think part of what I find so incredible about the work that you do is we so rarely um, in the fat activist community uh, really kind of even just acknowledge the like fatness as a yeah like on the cellular level. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we tend not to, we tend, I th and I think honestly, I think in a lot of ways we actually shy away from like the physiology of fatness and yeah. um, of adipose tissue. And, um, you know, that's probably just because of, you know, we tend to associate that aspect with, you know, the harm and the violence that's done to us by the medical community um, and the way that they talk, you know, the way that they frame our fatness only through those lenses as a way to explain the the diseases, the walking diseases we are. Um, but I mean, I think about like, so I edited a book um, with Jackie Wikes and Samantha Murray a few years ago about queering fat embodiment. And so, yeah. I mean, the whole text was about the embodiment of fatness, but we didn't have anybody that was looking at embodiment again, like on that cellular level. So, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed by the work that you do. I was so glad that I got to see a snippet of it um, while I was in Berlin um, at that one session at the aquarium. And yeah, um, yeah I think it's just, uh, it's so powerful for like really kind of helping us connect with ourselves on a much deeper level. I mean, as you said, you know, the experiences that people have, the transformations, you know, you were getting a bit teary just kind of thinking about it and, I'm less teary, but more kind of like mind just, I feel my mind expanding, you know, just thinking of the possibilities and especially thinking about how many, how so many fat people, even fat activists in a lot of senses, do still tend not to think too much about their bodies. You know, yeah. we've, we're told for so long that like, oh, you're, you're a pretty face and we only have mirrors that show our face. And so we, we don't tend to think too much or connect too much with our our fat bodies at all whenever we can help it much less because again it, it on a cellular sense. level <laughs> yeah because it makes so much sense because it's um the body's dangerous grounds and um dangerous yeah. grounds is where magic happens and sometimes like i'm like if there is a um a, yeah let's talk about fat idol fat idols workshop and my workshop there will be more people not going to the intense body workshop and this has very good reason because um, reconnecting to your tissue to the thing that um, 
where all these like death, um, sickness, sadness, failure is projected on. This is embedded in in, in it, and like to revisit systemic trauma of like of a, um, this is super intense. <laughs> And I don't want now everybody thinking, oh, oh I should never go there <laughs> to one of my workshops. But it makes very much sense that yeah. um, when you're like struggling to get like basic right to exist, you know, this is where we are as fat people. You know, it's like just even existing and staying where we are. Like, um, if this is not even a basic rise and right and it's violent again and again and again. Um, it makes total sense. It's hard to reconnect with the body. Like every marginalized community, trauma makes us numb and disconnect from our body because in our body there is storage of memory of this trauma. Max, do you think that like the work that you're doing and these workshops that you do, do you ever kind of consider about whether or not they're like most appropriate for people kind of like at the start of their journey or who are kind of on the journey or people who are already like, you know, pretty political around, around their body and size, or is it really just of, you know, it doesn't really matter where you are in the process, even if you haven't really begun, there's a lot to be gained from this. And this could be that first step. I think, um, and, and the different, um, and the different steps of one's journey, um, you get different stuff out of this workshop. I try to, for example, um, make make it as accessible as I am able right now to do it by um, letting imagery speak. You know, like everybody who comes to one of my workshops will get new image, new information. I call them Max favorite fat facts. I'm I'm even planning maybe even writing a little <laughs> book about that. Because I then, love it. Yeah, <laughs> they are already super. They're like um, reframing how you think about fat tissue in a major way, presenting um, hard <laughs> scientific facts. Like, for example, in the UK, from now on, in the books of um, an, um, anatomy, um, when they talk about the system of the immune system, fat tissue has to be an organ in this now. And this is a cool thing to know, that this tissue is like, protecting you like something like this i think everyone in every step of their way can like um um can like can can they can ha have use of that this can be like the reframing part i think it's quite you like on every level and when it comes into the sensing part your body will let you know if you don't <laughs> it does not want to go there and there you know like even if you just sat in a room full of fatties in a toned down way where your nervous system can come down a little bit. And even if you're only like um, witnessing the other people's processes or just sitting around feeling comfortable on a fucking couch, <laughs> you know, in a good fat um, surrounding, this is already something you can take from it. And yeah, I think it's like... Um, yeah, when wherever you are in your process, you will gain something differently from it, and I think that's 
amazing. I'm very happy about that. Max, I'm so grateful um, that you were willing to come on the show today and, and talk about your work. I really do think it is revolutionary and transformative and I really wish you were doing it here in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, I will come next year to New Zealand and I'm very happy to put a workshop and to do a workshop then. Oh, I got to tell you, if we can manage to get you to that Fat Studies conference, then, you know, I will definitely do everything I can to <laughs> hook you up with workshops around the country. Like, I feel like there's so many potential rad fatties who are who yeah. really are like hoping and planning to come that I almost feel like we could put together like a really cool like three-day rad fatty traveling show of Ooh, you know yeah. between, like your workshop and Sophie's comedy act and like yeah. a whole bunch of other things and like you know we just tour it through the country I would you love know that. like riding in a sharing an RV and oh, I just oh, I have dreams Max I have dreams listen yeah. um we're just about out of time, which breaks my heart. But before yeah. I let you go, yeah. Um, while I appreciate that probably a lot of your original stuff is is in German and so might not be accessible to everyone who listens to this show, where can people find you? Like, can they find you somewhere online to learn more? Um, I do like at my Instagram account. I do little videos and like. Um, I know it's not so common to read on Instagram, but I, <laughs> re I write at Instagram too. Like um, it's called the Fat Maxias. It's um, F A T. The line down there. I don't know. It's an English. It is an English. Underscore. Yeah, this one again. M A K S I A S. And I do little videos. I do videos of me fat tissues and they get more information there i will be in um in canada facilitating a workshop this year and in portland so like um i do facilitating in english in general so there i don't know who all in the world is listening to this amazing show but like that i will go there and there will if they follow me they will be um there will there will be information about that and they can and people can reach out to me and say, "Hey, come do the workshop. Uh, let's do that. I'm very open to that. I love to travel." Brilliant, Max. Thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Yes, I loved it. I'm so happy. I'm finally have been here. I really love your show. I really <laughs> love it. <laughs> well, I, I really love you. Like I think, like everyone I heard there, you always you always met them so much gratitude for their work and like it's very touching to hear that thank you very much for all your work Kat. thank you my love yeah. thanks for listening to another episode of friend of maryland friend of maryland is brought to you by manawatu people's radio triple nine a.m if you'd like to contact the show with questions comments concerns or suggestions for topics or guests you can email us at friend of maryland at aol.com you can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favorite show.